What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Yeah. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a thousand yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Those toward the end. Battle of Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. And I'm Jeff Ryan. And we're the Salty Dogs. We are. I mean, tune that up a little bit there. Before we get started here. Before I, we get salty? I need to. Uh, I'm afraid I have to inform uh, our loyal fans of this podcast and the Buccaneers that this is the final Salty Dogs podcast. Yep. Of the 2023 season. Yes. <laughs> well, as far as we know. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Because anyone we do from now on, we're going to call it 2024. Okay. Because it is now 2024 for the Buccaneers. Yes, it is, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it was a good run. I, I think from the feedback you're going to hear from fans later in the show who decided to write in, I think that's a general feeling about this season. That it was a good run. Um, I know what the football team thought inside this building before mm-hmm. the season, but yeah. we also know what the expectations were outside this building. Yeah, but you know, shoot, we're two games away from the Super Bowl, and that game against Detroit was not like a blowout or anything. No. It was quite competitive. It was seventeen seventeen going into the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and the Bucks had only allowed two hundred ten yards to a very good offense by that point. Now. The Lions then went on two long, sustained touchdown yeah. drives, which proved to be enough. However, the Bucs Buc- still didn't give up. Yeah. They, you know, that was a quick, I think there was four something left on the clock, and they managed to, Buccaneers managed to roll on down or five and a half minutes, something it's, like that. It didn't take long because no. because uh, the Lions got the ball back, and then uh, the Buccaneers had a chance at the end, and it just didn't turn out. When the, the Lions, we were open. When Lions scored to go up by a score of, 31 to 31 to 17. 17? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Isn't that it? Uh, 31. Okay. 31, 17, because it was 31, 23. Yeah. Right? When they scored two straight touchdowns to go up 31, 17, at that point, there was six twenty two left in regulation. Mm-hmm. So scoring two touchdowns in that amount of time was not, was never going to be an easy task, but the Bucks managed to get some big plays. And like a two minute drive. Was yeah, it? yeah. It took, uh, it took one minute and 45 seconds to go <laughs> uh, 75 yards on nine plays. So, I mean, yeah. that's exactly what you want. And it's weird. We've been, the Bucks have done that multiple times in recent weeks, getting down the field quickly against defenses that at the time should be shutting you down and, and making it hard to make big plays. Yeah. They give you, they're going to give you a little bit underneath and, and whatnot, but for whatever reason, this offense, this season has played really, really well in hurry up. Mode. Yeah. Like the drive before the 
before halftime. Correct. When the, the Bucks got the ball with like a minute 30. And you saw the, the just the last week, very similar situation with the Rams against the Lions. And it was more important to them to make sure they did not give the ball back to uh, the, the Lions before halftime right. because they, they knew they were getting the ball after halftime too. Exact same situation, but maybe a little less time for the Buccaneers, but they decided to go for it. Now, the first play probably uh, – at this point, we're talking about the, the touchdown drive right before halftime. The first play on that drive, if I remember correctly, was a handoff. So the uh, efficacy of that play probably determined whether or not we were going for it. Correct. So when Rashad breaks a – what was it, 14-yard run? Mm-hmm. It changed everything. Yeah. Well, after that, you're like, okay, hey, let's go for it. And we got near midfield. And then the two bombs down the sideline. Well, one wasn't really a bomb. One was more of a catch and run. But then the bomb that Mike Evans made the great play on right. the goal line. And all of a sudden. I thought that was going to be like the, 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 the thing that just flipped the whole game. Just like, okay, here it is. This is it. It made us feel a lot better going into halftime 10 10. Yeah. Without, instead of having a touchdownless first half. And the Buccaneers were going to be getting the ball out of it. Right. So, unfortunately, we didn't do it. Yeah. Um, But, but all in all, though, uh, I have to say the atmosphere there was definitely, it was the Buccaneers against all of Michigan. (laughs) There is no question. And their fans were beside themselves. I don't know. How much, how well that came through if you're watching it on TV. Yeah. I, I it do, was unbelievable. I do know I had to keep asking uh, down line into the studio, can you hear us? Because I was having a hard time hearing yeah. uh, Gene and Dave talk. <laughs> and and I saw, so I went, you know, what I'm hearing is not always what the you're listeners the, yeah, hearing. Because I'm getting double The radio noise. booth is open. Yeah. And then also the the press box is open yeah. in Portfield. So. If you have heard that that place is getting loud these last few weeks, uh, believe us, it is true. And they get a lot. That, I mean, they have like 30 some years of pent up uh, yeah. cheering. They, so. hadn't, they hadn't won a playoff game in 32 years. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the last time. I think it was even longer since they've been to a conference championship game. Mm-hmm. And they started well before kickoff. The, when the Lions came out to warm up about an hour before the game, they went nuts. It was already full. And it was like. It was like halfway through the game they were so loud. They opened the gates at 12 noon uh-huh. for a 3 o'clock game. <laughs> and it wasn't like, hey, we're going to open the gates and people mm-hmm. are going to stroll in you know, a little bit here. The gates opened and it was kind of like, why are all these people in here so early? We were looking down from the booth. And um, they got into it quickly. And, yeah, I ha- and I give them credit. They did a really nice job with all the white tiles, kind of kind of like a terrible towel thing, mm-hmm. which is fine, which is fine. I'm I'm just not a big fan of white because to me that's that's surrender. Whatever. But it it didn't happen. I, I to think them. that's more of a clever point than anything that yeah. really matters. Uh, they even they started booing when the Bucks starting lineup was put up on the on the video board. It wasn't even the players. They weren't even coming out <laughs> on the field yet. They were booing the printed starting lineup on the video yeah. board. <laughs> hey, if you came to this podcast, you probably wanted to hear about the Bucks and not us celebrating Detroit. No. But I mean, we were just trying to give you an idea of the atmosphere there because it was unlike. I mean, we've been to lots of playoff games in different places. Yep. And, of course, the crowds are always hyped. But there's yeah. a different vibe to this one, man. Yeah, I, I think when it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the 97 time at, at uh, the um, Old Sombrero when the really? Buccaneers were facing the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. and the crowd got really crazy because the Bucks hadn't been to a playoff game in 15 years. I totally get all of that. Um, and, I and you know what? It, 
I wasn't so sure how this game, I really felt like the Buccaneers were going to win this game. I don't know why I was feeling that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel it that it was over with until the final pick. At that yeah. point, I it wasn't. No, and that's what was so crazy about it. And, and all I kept thinking about, boy, you talk about being a heartbreaker if they go down, score, and then a two point conversion and tie. It would have just, yeah, totally. The crowd would have wouldn't known what to do with itself. But I think that all in all, where the Buccaneers ended up this season is pretty phenomenal. Phenomenal phen is really good <laughs> um, because of. You know, they lost six out of seven games. Think about that. Yeah, there was a stretch there. And the fact that that team stayed together the whole route of this season is pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not going to um, take credit for this because I think John Romano was the one who wrote it in the Tampa Bay Times. I think the word was phenomenal. <laughs> um, the Bucks are the first team, team since 2014 to lead the league in dead cap space yeah. and still make the playoffs, yes. which is – you know, which is really a feather in the cap for Jason Light and all his people. Yes. Because, you know, they took the entire Tom Brady salary cap hit mm -hmm. instead of spreading it out over two years. They had very little to work with. You couldn't really go out and get marquee free agents. Nope. They had to they had to really scout well so you could get some players even after the draft. You needed impact from your draft like Kalijah Kansi and Yaya and a starting mm -hmm. right guard and Cody Mauk and a, a number three receiver and yeah. Trey Palmer. Uh, number three tight end in Payne Durham. Yeah. Um, and then you had to get some guys even after the draft, like Christian Izian and Kayvon Merriweather and right. guys like that. So, and, you know, to be able to put together a playoff team under those circumstances when you're moving on from the greatest quarterback of all time is, is pretty remarkable. It, well, I liked what Todd said at his press conference was, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you just have to play. <laughs> and I like that because they were handicapped. And, and I think that that might be a whole new way of looking at how the NFL, how teams are built. The Green Bay Packers really quickly were, were in trouble and they're a young team. And so it's not necessarily all the experience in the world that's going to get to the playoffs. Now, I do believe you got to have a quarterback. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think this is going to be a blueprint for how to build a successful team because yeah. I don't think you want to put yourself in such a difficult situation. That many rookies playing? Yeah. I mean, well, the the Packers were even younger than us, but most of their rookies, you know, were over the last – or most of their young players were over the last two years in their draft Well, picks. that's Some true. of them were high that's draft true. picks. We are playing guys immediately, uh, which should bode well for next year yeah. on paper. You got you got a night and, – and, of course, a lot of that – is is that paper going to have Baker Mayfield's name on it still? Is it going to have Mike Evans's name? There's a lot Whoa. still to be determined in the next few months. Wow. Boy, there's there's I I don't know. It's just I, this feels like one of those situations. Since you're having a hard time putting I, your thoughts into words, well, I was just thinking about after the game was over with. I was down in the locker room and but there there was a post game meal and baker walked by me and i said hey i just want to say thanks a lot for doing all the radio stuff after the game even when mm -hmm. things aren't going well yeah. he We've always about spoke that, right? right and he shook my hand and said uh, yeah i really appreciate it you guys are professional blah 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 and then i was thinking god this is like you know this is like it's it, it's over what mm -hmm. what i mean by that is this season's over with then i saw levante and it would just made me thinking god levante needs to come back baker needs to come back mike uh, evans needs to come back antoine yes and then i'm standing there going this might not be it, 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 it comes to realization that 
next year's team is not going to be the same as this it's year's team. It's the way team. it always is. Yes. The, the biggest exception to that was from 2020 after we won the mm-hmm. Super Bowls, and next year they managed to keep just about everybody. everybody that yeah. very rarely happens, as we saw this last this last offseason. Some of those guys we might have kept around if we weren't in such a bad cap situation because yeah. we went all in during the Tom Brady mm-hmm. years. And so would we have kept Donovan Smith? Would we have kept Leonard Maybe. Fournette? Yeah. Um, you know, some tough decisions had to be made. I think you're going to see that again this offseason uh, because there's just when you start crunching the salary cap numbers and, and what these guys we want to re, we hopefully want to resign are going to cost. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, you get in the red pretty quickly. And whenever, whenever I hear the line, well, maybe they'll give us a hometown discount. I listen. That never. There's no such thing as a hometown discount. There might be. I'd like living in this area, and I'll take less. But it's a it's a business, and they're going to do what's best for them financially, and also what's best for them career wise. Because someone like <clears throat> Baker Mayfield, I'll give you. This is my theory. He had talked about all season how coming here, he was having fun again. Even his wife said he's more fun to be around because he's having fun playing football. So this organization, the Buccaneers, allowed Baker Mayfield to be Baker Mayfield. So if you go somewhere else, they may not allow you to be as carefree as you are and who you are. So I take that as a great selling point for Tampa Bay. Well, I don't I don't think we have to debate whether or not he wants to come back. He's said it multiple times. Well, yes, but. Wanting to come back and coming back are two different things. What's the deciding factor? There's going to be a lot of deciding factors. One of them is going to have a dollar sign in front of it. (laughs) A large dollar sign. Well, the dollar sign doesn't have to be any particular size. It's the numbers that come after. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, I thought if it was a big number, the dollar sign gets bigger. Um, So, yeah. I mean, what can you say about Baker? And and again, I've been... I'm probably going to sound like a broken record because I've probably said this too many times over the course of the season. But if you go back to the beginning, the outside expectations for the Buccaneers were based on one thing, and that was the change of quarterback. Yeah, we've said it here multiple times. If you read an article, there's no podcast. Six wins, not going to win the division, and it was everybody's logic was the same. You know, that's still a pretty talented roster, but they got the, they got a lot of pieces of their Super Bowl defense still there. They've got some really talented pass catchers and a great right left tackle now. They got a lot of nice pieces, but they don't have a quarterback, so they're not going to be good. Yeah. And we said before the season started, and we didn't know what would happen, although we felt pretty good about it. I did, yes, and so did you. If you take all of that and change that last part, they do have a good quarterback. Yeah. Well, then isn't the team going to be good? Yes, And, and they were. And they were. It was just kind of an up and down roller coaster sure time was. year, but you know it was. Don't what I liked about this team is don't count us out. Everybody can they never counted themselves out. A lot of people counted them out, which is fair when they were four and seven. Yeah, yeah. And then we we had this discussion. I was like, God, everybody's picking the Lions to win this game, and you made a, a very valid point when you you said, well, if you're from the you know national media or looking from the outside in. You would think it would be the Lions with the well, way they played. The Lions did it. I think they, they won did. two more games than yes. we did. Now three. They um, they they were expected to be good when the season started. That's and true. And they met their expectations. Yes. So when you get to the playoffs and you have the one team that, oh, we knew they were going to be good, and they are. And you had the other team that was like, we didn't think they were going to be good, and we're still not sure if they're good. Well, of course you're going to pick the Lions. Yeah. And, and they were right. They mm-hmm. did win. Now, I think you play that game. 
I mean, it's, like I said, it's 17-17 going into the, the final fourth, quarter. Yes. And we're kicking off. Or, you know, it's not like they were already near the goal line. It's right. like 17-17. We actually, at that point, had like 100 more yards than they did. If you play that fourth quarter 10 times, the Bucks don't get beat 10 times. And and injuries play a part of this game because Jamal Dean went down. <laughs> yeah, and he was and having a real good game. He was having a very good game. Very, very good game. Yeah, he had back spasms. Right. And when, you know, total sympathy there. Um, yeah, from you. Uh, so it, that kind of changed it because they did pick. They they did decide to go to that side. They, yeah. Uh, Zion yeah. did the best he could. Well, yeah. I mean, he's had better games probably. But yeah. Coach said he, he was happy with them. Afterwards. Yeah. I mean. Some of it is is scheme. You know, yes. here's the thing. And, and I was on your uh, pregame radio broadcast yep. talking to Ronnie and Pat. Pat. Mm-hmm. And Ronnie started saying some numbers, next-gen numbers, about Jared Goff and blitzing. Uh-huh. And I didn't think that they were right. And and here's what it came down to. There's a difference between a quarterback's numbers against the blitz and against when he's getting pressured, because not every blitz works. Right. So Jared Goff was somewhere top five, top three in the league in terms of EPA in uh, – in throwing against blitzes when he's blitzed. However, when he's pressured, he was very bad or a lot worse, like three touchdowns, eight interceptions, like a 62 passer rating, which is not surprising. Of course, a quarterback's worse when he's pressured, but some quarterbacks are significantly worse. Like early, the first half of this year, Baker's numbers against pressure were fantastic Uh compared to most quarterbacks. It it evened out a little bit as you knew it would. But um, so that's the difference. The thing is, and I think truly think this is the difference in the game, is Detroit's an extremely good offensive line. Yeah, and the, I'm not I'm not comparing the Bucks O line to the to them because the Bucks O line I think exceeded expectations this year too in I many ways. Agree. But Detroit rightfully is considered to have one of the top two or three defensive line, maybe the number one offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to blitz to create pressure, and we were not getting home on our blitzes. Correct. So that's what happened. And that's why you see a lot of plays with mm-hmm. you know, how that guy gets so wide open, open. right? Yeah. Well, you have one less guy or two yeah. less guys in coverage when you're blitzing. Yeah. And, and that's, live, that you, plays into it. And that's where the term you live and die by the blitz. Well, you need to get home. And we yes. got close a couple times and Antoine Winfield almost got him when oh, one. I know. Um, but it, it just, and it's not surprising. And that's, you know, the, the, Baker Mayfield actually faced a bit more pressure than Jared Goff did. And of course he handles that pretty well, mm-hmm. but um, still I'm, they, at least in the first half, they kept getting sacks off those DB blitzes off the edges. And I saw some breakdown of those plays and I, they had a good plan and I don't know exactly what the key was, but when Chris Godwin went in motion from one side of the offense to the other, the DB on the side he ended up on would blitz. Oh, And so they saw something, I guess, in film uh-huh. and thought, okay, when this happens, then we're gonna this, this is the protection you're going to see, yeah. and we might be able to get a free runner at the quarterback, and they were able and to do did. so several times. Yeah, yeah. It was all in all, it was um, it was a fun game. I have to say that it was an exciting game. It's like you said, it, it went all the way down to the to the end, where you know, hey, this could be it. And um, I don't know. To me, it was just a long travel home. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we got the ball like we said with six twenty two left. Got the first touchdown in a minute 45 and then crucially um, got the punt that we needed. Uh-huh. Now they were able to get a couple first downs right off the bat. And one of them was on a penalty, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but there's also a sack in there by uh, Shaq. But that one was erased by the penalty. Mm-hmm. And um, 
which is a shame. It was very much a shame. But they did get the punt and got the ball back with 159. Mm-hmm. 159 at the 10. Now, it's a long way to go, but we already had, what, a we had a 93-yard drive in yep. that game? Yep. So it can be done. But, of course, unfortunately, one of the few not great throws that Baker made in that game, or decisions, I guess, right. was the interception. Yeah, and but when yeah, when you look at that, he just kind of, you know, maybe he shouldn't have thrown it, but, I mean – yeah, well, the guy happens. was there. It happens. Kate Otten was there. We saw. Yeah, the guy didn't. The, the Derek Jumped Barnes it. did make a pretty good play. Yeah, he did. So, yeah, I mean, oh my goodness, it's you, just you can't go those... through a whole game, especially when you're under pressure a lot, without sometimes making the wrong decision. Right, right, and that, and that's what it boils down to. Every time I, I'm reading something or listening to some folks that that I like to hear, they they're they're pretty much saying it comes down to three, four plays, and uh, it did. It, yeah, basically what it did. Um, but as a, as if you're part of the Bucks crew, you got to be pretty happy. It was uh, a fun year. And, um, you know, I think the future looks pretty bright. Well, let's talk about some of the specifics in this game, especially like I like to do what, what's your favorite thing sure. you saw. I, if, do you have something ready? Because I can go first. If you uh, you go ahead. So I think my favorite thing in that whole game was the play call that resulted in the touchdown pass to Rashad White on third and 10 from uh-huh. 12. I turned to Andrew from PR who was next to me in the press box before that play. And there'd been, we got a first and 10 at the 12 and then had two incompletions. So you're facing third and 10. And I said to him, they're going to blitz. Yeah. They're going to blitz here. And, uh, apparently Dave Canales believed the same thing mm-hmm. because the play he called up was perfect. And now I didn't know, maybe he could tell specifically that they were going to blitz up the middle. I didn't know that, but they did. They had a five man front, uh, three down linemen and two edge rushers, and they had uh, one of their linebackers creeping up right behind the line. And then they had C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who started off about seven yards back and started creeping up before the snap. And both of those guys blitzed up the, up the middle while Hutchison dropped back into coverage on the right side, the right side of the offense. So you had five guys coming. And actually, C.J. Gardner-Johnson did get through mm-hmm. and was pretty close to Baker even when he let the pass throw go, even though he got rid of the pass in like 1.8 seconds after the snap. But that took those defenders out of the middle field, and all that was left on the right side was Aiden Hutchinson dropping into coverage and, um, I don't know, a corner, Kendall Vildor, I think, over there. And he had to cover Kate Otten, who ran a go into the end zone. So Aiden Hutchinson is the only defender that is going to have a shot, and Luke Gedeke released off the line Uh and obliterated him with a block. And so Rashad White takes the short pass and is just has wide open green in front of him. And took off. What a... Fantastic play call, a perfect play call for what was coming. Uh-huh. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And it was executed. Yeah, but I mean, to honestly, all the execution that was involved was about like a three-yard pass out to the yep. right, and then Rashad Wright running really fast in a straight line. My, uh, it's the play, and Luke Edeke with the kickout yeah. block, that was huge. But to me, it was the play design and the, the right call at the right time that really made that work. Mine was the third and 14. Fourth. Was it fourth and 14? Yeah. That kept the last yep. touchdown drive yes. alive? Yes, yes. Yes, that was my favorite. Fourth play. and 14, it was, I, I didn't actually see that one because I was going downstairs. Yeah. That was when, oh, dang, this is, oh, here. Oh. Fourth and 14. You yeah, I, like yeah I'm like, oh. and then when it happened, it's like, yep, we've got life once again. <laughs> You're back into it again. That was kind of the, this game. It was, you know, in and out. Oh, it's not going to go the way you want. Oh, it's going to go the way you want. No, we but tied like it up that. three different times. Yes. It was tied at the end of each of the first three quarters. And you know what I was really surprised about was our missed field goal. Well, because it was like 20, you know, he made 21 and yes. 22 in a row. Yes. I mean, I did you think he was never going to miss? 
Not now, no. And he, he didn't miss by much. Clanged off the upright on fifty yarder. I think that has to be. I think. I think that's worse if you you know you doink it or boink it rather than just oh I just missed it. Yeah. You know? uh, Chase McLaughlin is who we're talking about. Who just had the best season ever sure by a did. Buccaneers kicker. Yeah. Broke the Bucks record for field goal percentage in the regular season, going twenty nine of thirty one, and his only two misses were blocks. So this fifty yarder that hit the upright yeah. was literally. He also made all of his extra points. This that was literally the only kick he made all year that wasn't blocked that missed. Yeah, and 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 what's crazy is you know it's a fifty yarder and you go, damn, you missed. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays <laughs> you expect to make the fifty yarders, right? I know it's so wrong. I'm glad we didn't lose that game by three points. Well, well, you know, like the Bills. Well, I was just going to say the only thing that made me feel better was when the Bills lost because of a field goal, and I went it just wide right. The words that oh, Buffett, but Buffalo are. fans do not want to hear. And I've heard that the kicker, I can't I think of his name right now, has been getting death threats. At least the, the that cr- is true. It's wrong. It's surprising. Um, yeah, and I'm sure it's a very small percentage. The reason I say it's surprising is because. I think they made a whole 30, 30 film about how well they treated yes. Scott Norwood after right. his big miss in the Super Correct. Bowl. Correct. And, and, well, and I imagine 90, 99% of the Bills fans probably yeah. would not engage in that kind of behavior. But they also need to go back and they had their opportunities. Yeah, sure. They, there was a, you know, a six minute drop. They were in a, like six minutes left and they had a touchdown pass drop. Yeah. Uh, they were fortunate enough that the rule I hate, uh, Kansas City fumbled through the end zone. I don't so have that, a problem with that rule. I know you do. You don't. But I'm just saying. That rule, that happened, so that the touchdown didn't happen there. So, you know, you always get down to that one point, and it's a minute and something left, and you're like, okay, kick it, and you tie, and it just didn't make it. And But I think what you're alluding to is that anytime you lose a game by a few points, you can always look back and – Blame someone. See, mom- <laughs> yeah. see moments where, well, if we did, it wouldn't that oh, kick yeah. wouldn't have mattered yeah. if we'd have just done that, that better. Right, right. But it always boils down to that one play. But no, I, I was, uh, you know, well, you know, if you go back and look at our game, you know, if Jamal Dean catches uh, the interception there, that's and three points off. The that's board. three points off the board, yep. right? Right. And I'm not so, you know, and then, it, you know, if you don't miss your field goal, then it's six points. So, But it's ifs and buts. You yeah. know, I'm so. sure the Lions could look at things that they Sure. Missed. Absolutely. Every game, everybody can. But I'll say, uh, in addition to that great play call to on the Rashad White touchdown, how about the Baker keeper yes. on third and one, the designed run on third and one? Crazy, where wasn't he ran it? ran for like 14 yards. Yes. That was a great play it call. It was. So... And we saw another one last week on fourth one with the little misdirection pitch. Yeah. I'm saying Dave Canales, he's been in his bag the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's doing really well the last few weeks. And he's interviewing <laughs> for head coaching positions, yeah. which is kind of like, Dave, settle down a little bit. <laughs> well, we obviously want him to get what he wants. Sure. But we also would like to have him back here. Yes. I think as the season went along, and, and Dave, if you watch any of his press conferences, you know that not only is he relentlessly optimistic, but he was very open about his process uh-huh. and his own development as a first-time OC and play caller in the NFL. And he talked about how he was learning along the way. Uh, and I'm sure that was a big part of it, in learning what worked, what didn't work, what sequencing, what cadence in his plays, when to call what. But in addition to that, I think we don't, and I have to admit myself, I really haven't thought very much about the fact that play calling, offensive play calling, in the moment in the NFL is hard. Yeah. They have very little time to f- focus on a lot of different pieces of information and get a call in. And sometimes these calls are like, what, 15 words long? Right. 
they'd have to make those decisions really fast. And so I got to believe that as you get more games under your belt, you just get better at it. Well, not or only, you don't, and you yeah. get, you get fired. Right, but but also as that's going on, you're fighting the crowd noise. You're yeah, also you have people in in your headset giving you information mm-hmm. so you can formulate what you want to want to do. They're telling you what they're seeing up above. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're talking to the quarterback in a very short period of time. And if you With don't get it noise. and if you don't get it all out in time, it shuts off right. automatically. So you don't ten have, seconds before. Or something yeah, like something that. like that. So. Um, yeah, and I and I think you're right. I think the more you do it, the more you get a rhythm, the more you realize what you your guys can do. And it's just natural for anybody mm-hmm. that has the talent. And obviously, the Bucks believe we that he would that he did. They it's natural that it would be harder, and then it would you would get better and better at mm-hmm. it. And I just don't think, based on my own lack of thinking about this for most of my life, I got to believe that a lot of fans out there really don't think about the fact that that's a really hard thing to do. Right. It doesn't sound that hard. No. You've been practicing, you've been planning all week. Just especially, look at your sheet, point out a play. Yeah. And but that's not all there is to it. Come on. Especially when you're on the couch watching TV. Are you kidding me? Why would you call that play? Why would you do it's that? It's really easy to call. Now, I t- it, it is easy to call the plays after the play. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, that was a dumb call. Yeah, jeez. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I would have thrown there. Yeah. Well. But Baker, man. Baker Mayfield. Did you, I mean, have you looked at his stats through those two playoff games? I know. It's crazy, right? Right now, and he he actually was pretty good in his other playoff appearance with Cleveland in 2020. And so his passer rating in the playoffs in four games is over 100. It's like 100.4. Yeah. And that's fourth among all Um, active quarterbacks right now. Uh, Where's my list? I had that list written down. So here's the list of anybody that's played at least three postseason games. Number one is Mahomes. Which you would think. 106.7. Uh, number two is Stafford, 101.7. Number three is Purdy, and we know what right. situation he's sure. in at 101. And Baker's four at 100.4, just ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Of course, Aaron Rodgers has a much bigger sample size, so that's probably a little bit more impressive. And maybe Baker will get there one day. But um, it's it's you know that's that's really impressive. And it's it would have been even higher that last pick at the end kind of hurt him. And the first pick was was a t- deflected ball. Yeah, that was a pop up. But uh, his his pass rating this preseason, this postseason was one hundred six point three. Pretty solid. <laughs> he certainly. You know what else I like about Baker is he bet on himself, and he's always been a confident man. You know, in college, very confident in what he does. But when you really think about it, this year he bet on himself. Well. I think that phrase is overused personally. What other choice did he have? Well, there's that. He was going to he he wasn't in a spot to get a good a big multi-year contract like he is now, thank right. goodness. So he really had no choice but to bet on himself. Right. Well, and one year deal, that's tough. Maybe that's all he could get at that point. Well, that's true. I'm not saying that's fair. I think I think he hit almost all of his incentives. That's the other thing. <laughs> I think he, he hit a bunch, which is great. Yeah, I guess that's where you bet on yourself is because you, okay, you, if you take incentives in your contract. Yeah, yeah. if you yeah. we talked about this a little bit yeah, last, last week, week, I think yeah. NLTBEs they're called yeah. not likely to be earned. Now that he earned them all, uh, they have to be factored into the, yeah. this year's cap. Someone's someone's wa- someone's going back and going. Now, how did we figure this was not going to happen? Yeah, well, yeah, and I don't, I don't. <laughs> but think, these are nice problems to have. I don't think it's the team. I think it's the league that determines whether, whether a thing is an oh, LTBE okay. or an LTBE. Oh, really? Yeah. Why would the league decide that? Well, if you decided, wouldn't you call them all in LTBEs? Well, that's true. I see. 
not if I yeah. said that too quickly, there's two kinds of incentives. They're classified as either in a contract, either likely to be earned, LTBE. Uh-huh. And if if they're in that category, then you have to account for them in the salary cap that year. If they're in LTBEs, not likely to be earned, uh, then you they don't count on this year's cap, but you have to account if they hit them, you have to count for them. Next I year. would love to know if the uh, if the two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus to make it to the playoffs. I imagine that was the, an LTBE. That, that now that's <laughs> see that's what I'm saying. That, that would be or the million dollar one. He had a million dollar one. I think if they won the division. Okay, I think what it was was he had incentives for numbers that were uh-huh. multiplied if we also made the playoffs. Yeah. So I wonder, yeah, I mean, considering everyone was expecting the Buccaneers not to do anything, they, may, that may have played out really quite nicely. When he signed his contract, he was about to go into a competition for the job with Kyle Trask. He didn't have, have the, the job. job. Okay. He had to win that first. Right. Which right. probably also played into these things being considered NLTBEs. Oh. Because there was some percentage chance yeah, that he so, wouldn't be the starter. Okay, And then fair. you wouldn't hit any incentives, fair, right? Fair, fair. So, uh, right. but it all worked out well. Um, I think it's fair to say that pretty much everybody I know who's a Bucks fan and I've had any um, conversation with wants Baker to be back. And then I liked how Baker said in his press conference, um, if I'm back, I want Mike, Mike to be yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> and then it sounds like a, uh, a Tom and Gronky type thing. And then uh, Coach Bowles yesterday at his end of season press conference um, asked about Mike Evans. He's like, I-, I don't even want to think about that. Right. About the possibility of Mike Evans not being here. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. And you don't. I want to, I want to read the exact quote because it was pretty good. So um, th- does, when can teams start negotiating with, with for that? Well, you can, they get... you can negotiate with your own guys whenever you want. Oh, okay. So there's no rule then. No. Okay. Well, that's 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 a positive. And then, you know, then there's also the never-ending, well, why don't you go see what you can get, and then we'll talk, to, which always scares me when that happens. Okay, so the question was worded on if he cringes when thinking about wide receiver Mike Evans in a different uniform. Mm-hmm. And Todd said, I don't even think about it. I don't like to be asked about it. I don't want to know about it. I hope to hell that does not happen. <laughs> it just kept escalating, you know? Well said. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, so I know we all want Mike back. Yeah. So the only thing, you have to look back at the fact that Mike was pushing to get a new deal before the season. He was. And it didn't happen. So you, I don't know if there's any lingering. I don't want to say bad blood. That. Just could be, you know. It, it, well, it makes it harder, maybe. And that could also that also could be, in fairness to Mike, is that okay? We're not going to get it done. I don't. I don't want to think about this. I just want to focus on. Football. Oh, I'm sure that was it. And he did focus on football this year. Yeah, and in the in the long run, it might have worked out better for Mike because he just proved that he's still in the. In his he still prime. got it. That was yeah. one of his best seasons in a while. Right. And so that would seem to me to be some some bit of leverage in negotiating with whoever he's negotiating mm-hmm. with. So yeah. Well, that'll 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 give a, a lot of fun for the off season. Either uh, it'll be really joyous, or it's going to be a salty dog. Uh, great podcast if uh, things don't go right. Yeah, when I said this is the last one of our podcasts for this season, I should have pointed out we're gonna. It's our last podcast talking about the twenty twenty three season. We are we are planning to do probably about one a month. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. At some point, uh, some of them will obviously probably be situated around tentpole events like the draft. Sure. And yes, we do intend to do at least one and maybe more than one crossover episode with Casey and Bree from Tampa 2, because we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that. Mm-hmm. 
so and it was fun we did it before so we, we're going to do that um so that's there we go a little bit of a uh, little programming programming info. notes programming notes. hey when we were talking about the crowd noise i do want to point one thing out okay the bucks actually handled it pretty well they did very well 408 yards of offense says one thing but no offensive procedural penalties yes there was one offensive penalty by the bucks in the whole game and it was opi on kate otten yeah and that only was, five penalties period. and we kind of we kind of you did, didn't like it we didn't like that call no and it was kind of because how dave explained it really really well but it it it, it was like a another lions player cut over so it it, it kind of gave a false impression of what really. was going on yeah interesting uh sidebar on that the uh, head official of our game is going to also be the uh Super Bowl referee Bill Vinovich. Yes, he's going to be the Super Bowl referee. Well, they I thought they were swallowing their flags a little bit, they, and it was both ways. So well, I was not a complaint. I will say this: I did not see any holding that whole game. Yeah, there wasn't holding. There wasn't a lot of there was. Well, I also have this to say about the Detroit crowd: ninety-eight percent positive. I would say ninety-eight percent positive things about the crowd, and they were great. Uh-huh. And uh, well, what's they the deserve. I think is this like based two- on what I heard, I don't think a Detroit Lion player in the history of the franchise has ever committed a penalty worthy play. What? Every single flag that went against them was like just a absolute ridiculous according to their oh crowd. Oh yeah. Every penalty yeah. or every non penalty oh. when they thought there should be one. I, they that's what I'm saying. They, that crowd seemed to believe that no lion ever commits a penalty, but that's fandom. But it was over the top. I didn't like you, it really. Oh, yeah. In other words, like if, if like everything about, happens about your team, you kind of go, Yeah, I can see that. That yeah, is a penalty. They had no, they had no nuance. <laughs> if it was against them, then it was wrong, and the refs are terrible. Yeah, well, which the refs were not <laughs> the refs. That game was not lopsided either direction, no, not at all, not at all. So but, that, that's the other, the rest of it, Lions fans, great job, keep it going. I bet you if you win, I bet you that they'll travel well to San Fran. And if they win that, they'll travel well to Las Vegas. If if the Lions make it to the Super Bowl, that Super Bowl ticket just went up 50-fold. What Super Bowl do you want now that we're out? <sighs> I like the storyline of the Lions. I do. However, you know, Johnny Lynch is a good dude. And, you know, as a GM, I'd like to see him win a Super Bowl as a GM. Also has one as a player. So I kind of I'm kind of leaning San Francisco, and on the AFC side, uh, I would have to say the Ravens. Okay, um, for me, I hear you on John Lynch. I hope he gets his some point, but this Lion story is too good. Yeah, you like the Lion story. I like, and it's a fun team. Mm-hmm. I got to admit, now if they get it, I'm not going to be heartbroken. Right when they hired Dan Campbell and he had that opening press conference, I loved it. I did not, and I never thought he was that special when he was in Miami. So when they hired him, I'm like, eh, I don't know about that hiring. Boy, I was wrong about that one. He's been fantastic. He said, I mean, he's, he obviously has that fiery demeanor uh-huh. and his team fouls it. And it you, you could see the word grit on like every sign in that, the stadium. That is definitely a lunch pail organization. But he's also pretty darn calm and in control on the um, sideline. Yes. Yes. He's made, not, yeah, he's not a maniac. They made a good hire in Ben Johnson to mm-hmm. run the offense. Yep. 
Aaron Glenn, the DC, is getting head coaching interviews. And if they go, they could lose both those guys, like like the Eagles did. Exactly, and that didn't help them. It didn't help at all, right? Which is which is sad because you know you have success and your coordinators get taken away, and you may you're not happy have, for them, but yeah, I mean, you don't know how it's going to go. But for you Philly, could, it didn't go great, especially on off. You know, you could tell. I mean, the Detroit area—it's manufacturing, it's Motown. It, you know, they build cars there for crying out loud, and and the crowd was is is very gritty. I like, I kind of like that. I'm I'm rooting know? for them. Yeah. My point. And then on the NFC, on the AFC side, I also would prefer Baltimore. And it's not. I'm not a K. Anytime you get a team that starts to become a dynasty, uh huh, they're going to get a lot of haters. Sure, a lot of haters. I want to see someone different in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. I'm not really that. It's not that. My worry here is this is clearly the worst team. Patrick Mahomes has been to the AFC Championship game every year he's been a starter. Yeah. This is clearly the worst team around him. When you say the worst team, Kansas City. Yeah, they're not playing like we have seen them lately. Their offense hasn't been good, and just their pass-catching core is easily by far the worst he's ever had. And that didn't hurt him much last year, but it's hurt him this year. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet here we are again with them one game away from the Super Bowl. And you're like, if if they can't be stopped with Patrick Mahomes, if they can't be stopped when he has this team around him. What are they going to do when they – I mean, they're the, gonna, yeah. whoever's going to beat them. Yeah. Well. And they've won two of the last four and lost one. So Right. Against us. Yeah. So it's uh, – Well, you know, but but right now Baltimore feels like they got, they got it. They, everyone's on that wagon right now thinking that that's going to be the team to beat. You know, I know you got to go through it Baltimore. It is the team to beat. You got to go through Baltimore to win. But and then, Steve Spagnola, mm-hmm. the Chiefs coordinator, just has a knack for designing a great, great defense for whatever he's facing in the playoffs. Yes. So would it sh- – I mean, I, I loved Lamar, MVP. Yeah. Thought he played a great game. He did. To beat Houston. Expect him to do that again, and he's a special problem to try to solve. But would you be shocked if Spagnuolo figured out a way? No, and if you stop him, you stop them. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You don't have to take anybody else out. Right. You just got to take him out. Correct. And what I mean by that, not hurting him or anything, just contain him. Right. If yeah. you contain him, it, it – yeah. now, it's not that I'm the only person around going, hey, if we contain the quarterback, <laughs> we will win. Um, that's a that's going to common be, thought. Yeah, but that's going to be that's going to be the the thing to watch in that particular game. But yeah, no, it'll it's. But you know, I I guess whoever ends up in the Super Bowl, I'll be happy because hey, good for them. But only one, you know, end of the day, only one team is happy at the end of the year, and yeah. so yeah, it's not it's not happiness, but you can, and every coach will say that what you just said, but you can. Um, coldly assess what happened and say, well, yeah. we're not happy because we didn't win the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of good that we can hang our hat on here. I think what, like this week, this this is the hardest week for me, and I'll just use myself as an example, because I was prepared for next week, for this week coming up, for San Francisco, or it was we were going to have a home game. But Saturday night, we knew that if we won, we were going to go to San Francisco. So all those things that have to fall in place, were, I started to have to work on. <laughs> and so what? 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 You're you're in full gear, and then it just ends, and it it's just, just ends. like yeah, you just you're like what, what? Well, and so it takes a little bit of time, but you know, in a, in a month or so, you get away from the season, and you look back at the season, you can really appreciate how good this season was. 
I have it's like it's like the hats and t-shirts for the team that doesn't mm-hmm. win. Yeah. Um like that just, woo woo. <laughs> it, they well they just get shelled. Yeah. They get put away somewhere yeah. or sent to another country. I have written a number I wrote a number of things that I could get ahead of on mm-hmm. last week for us playing another week yeah. and all that stuff's never just never going to get I know. Used. But I could not do it. What right? And you kind of go, well, I don't want to jinx it, but then you go, if I don't do this, I'm never going to be able to get it done yeah. during the period of time. Especially with the fact that uh, it would have been a Sunday game, which was nice, but travel would have been on Saturday. So, you know, you're, you had a fast turnaround. I wish I wish right now we were saying, well, we have to cut the salty dog short because we have a lot to do. Yeah, but, I definitely had a much lighter day today than I would have when <laughs> we won the game, which is we would have preferred to have won yeah, the game. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the general feeling in the building right now. And even the players feel that way. They know they had a good year, but, you know, it hurts. So, and, and you know what? I'd be really, I was going to well, I can say it. I'd be really pissed off if people would go, eh, oh, well, whatever. You know what I mean? It's supposed to hurt. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to hurt, if you care. So, Jameer Gibbs. Okay, first of all, that Detroit. Him and Brown. When Where did those guys come St. from? St. Brown? Yeah. Well, St. Brown has been really good for a few years now. Wow. Gibbs is a rookie that they drafted, like, Higher than people expected, like and overall. Do you think the Chicago Bear fans were watching Montgomery run like crazy a little bit too? <laughs> well, Mike, a- we didn't hurt. He well, he hurt us. He didn't hurt us that much. Montgomery didn't. It was Gibbs. Gibbs was nine for seventy four, rushing, including that long touchdown run. Yeah, and he had one hundred fourteen yards from scrimmage. Which, by the way, he's getting a lot of credit for. But Rashad White was nine for fifty five, six point one yards per carry, and had ninety one yards from scrimmage right. and, a t- and a touchdown. Pretty close to the same numbers. Yeah, but what happens there is one guy's on the winning team, one guy's on the losing team, and we don't talk about the losing team. That's fair. But for Bucks fans, yeah. I mean, I think Rashad White was good early in the season. Uh-huh. I think he was really good down the stretch, and he was good in the playoffs. Yeah. And he's a real weapon. Very much so. I liked – I hope I can find it. The way Coach described – How he's grown how this year. How he's mm-hmm. – why he's doing better in the running game. Okay. This is the part that gets me. All right. It was great to see him grow from a mental standpoint. He was always talented physically. Being a running back is not just carrying the football and running and trying to find daylight. He's got to know where the hole is before the hole opens. I've never heard it put that way before. Wow. He's got to know where the blocking is. He's got to know how to pick up pressures, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of good things about him. But that part about knowing where the hole is going to be, even though your offensive line hasn't opened yet, you still – you have to go. Are executing the play yeah. the right way. It's, if you're waiting for the hole to open, you're too late. And and he was really getting downhill quickly in that game and uh-huh. just gashing them with six and eight yard runs. Yeah. And he had, like I said, he averaged six point one, even though he got dropped for like a five yard loss on that one play yeah. where we ran right into a run blitz. Right. So uh, it was a really nice day. It was a really nice playoffs for Rashad. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, Baker threw six touchdown passes in the two games. Yeah. It was just six different guys. That's really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. Yeah, I guess he wants everybody to like it. <laughs> it was Mike It was Mike Evans, Chris Gowan, David Moore, Kate Otten, Trey Palmer, and Rashad White. Wow, you pretty much hit it all, It's right? pretty much everybody. Yeah. I mean, right. of, of your five starters, main yeah. targets. Guys, yeah. Wow. Those were your Because your top three receivers, your main tight end, your main running back, each got a touchdown. Just goes to show you, Baker doesn't play favorites. And, and also... David Moore. I do have to bring up the Mike Evans catch down running down the sideline. The one at the yeah, two or yeah, the one that he ends up at the two yard line. Yeah, it was a nice catch. That was that was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought that was gonna be the the we're taking the crowd out of it. 
I think you're you're having a senior moment here because you pretty much already said this already. Did I? I probably am. About the catch and about you thought it would be the turning point. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe we've been doing this too long. Maybe. Should we, go, should we just go to the fan questions? We can do point? that. Well, the good news is yes. The good news is yes? Yes. The good news is yes. Well, you got anything else you want to talk about on this game? Not I don't. Really. I don't want to, you know, interrupt you. I didn't make as many notes as I usually do. I guess I wasn't as enthusiastic about it. Hey, you're feeling down. We, we owe it know? to our fans, though, to try. Well, to try hard. They they lived it. You know, they watched it. Oh, yeah. They, they're going to talk about it right they, now. They agonized through it. And, you're going to you see know. what I mean about how I think everybody's kind of feeling the same way. We All are. right. All right. I got everybody's. The Some of these were before the game. That's. Oh, really? Already? Wow. That. that that's pretty strong that they're doing it before the game. Usually, did, did, I, did we? Yes, I think this one came in. What's that? After our last pod, read it and I'll tell you. Uh, it's the one about um, how many bucks, how much bucks gear do you have in your closets? Did I ask that one? Before? No. Okay, this must have come in. We did read the one about the guy from the, the guy from Alaska. We did read that one, which was. It was about how everything would be a, a, a revenge tour. Oh, yes. Okay, so I think, I think this one came in afterwards. He All says, right. gentlemen, yeah, because he's talking about the playoffs win. Gentlemen, man, oh, man, what a game. Wins feel good. Playoff wins feel great. Yes. So, yeah, the, yeah, he was talking about the Eagles game. Playoff wins against the Eagles have that little extra little oomph yeah. that makes them feel fan-freaking-tastic. <laughs> I added a little. He didn't write a little twice. I said it twice. Okay. On the episode directly after clinching the division title, you guys mentioned receiving your hats and T-shirts. Mm-hmm. This made me wonder, do you um, longer tenured staff members, that's the way he wrote it. I like it. Have closets and closets full of Bucks gear from previous seasons. Personally, I'd file that as a good problem to have, but was just curious of the impact your careers have had on your wardrobes. <laughs> Presumably the team wants you showing off the most recent styles. No. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go tame some lions. Go Bucks, Mark Mace, Mark from Mesa, Arizona. Okay. So yes, yes. yes. I went to when we went to Atlanta. Uh, I got tickets for Alex. My son goes to Georgia Tech. Uh-huh. I got tickets for Alex and his girlfriend to go to the game. And um, Alex had I was already going to do this, but he asked me like I I think I only have like one Bucks T-shirt up here in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Uh, can you send me or can you bring me another one so I can have one for? His girlfriend to wear. Oh, nice. So I just thought, you know what? I brought them seven. I brought seven T-shirts so that they could look through them and pick the ones they like. You know, red, pewter, orange, white, different styles. Sure. Um, And we were in his car, and they were going through them. And, oh, I like this one. I'm like, you know what? Just take them all. Yeah. Just take them all. I probably have 60 more in my armoire at home. (laughs) Literally, probably have 60 T-shirts. I know. Crazy. And there's some at the bottom that just stay at the bottom and never get used anymore. Yes, yes. Uh, and then in the closet, yes, hanging the polos are hanging. I don't have as many of those because I sometimes do get rid of them. Yeah, but there's a lot. Yeah, I could not do laundry for a, couple, I, a month. I am embarrassed still. that sometimes I'll go through the drawer looking for something and I'll pull up a shirt and it still has the tags hanging on them. <laughs> there are tags hanging on them in in. The, I have a a closet that is. All bucks, and it goes back from. <laughs> I do not know, have that. You know where it's, you know, logo athletic stuff. Yeah, I we mean, talked lo- about this yes. around the throwback game, and all that stuff sits there. And I honestly, I, I'm not a cap person, but I save them. I don't know why I have all these hats. Ca- you and I yeah. hardly ever wear hats, and we have it's fifty of them. Probably. I'm I have just, you know, whether it's the old Buccaneer 
Bronco Bruce, mm-hmm. Bucko Bruce rather. Um, just, I don't know. I the, the hat eventually that like it had flames on it. Yeah, the hat it looks like it had flames on the Super Bowl hat the that you love. So the two thousand two, I have though, and these and these are never worn with Ever. the tags on them. No, <laughs> I never put them on my head. Some of them you should it, have a garage. Sale. What's so weird is some of them. You know, I'll, I'll, I was looking for it when we were doing throwback stuff. Still has the cardboard wrapped around <laughs> inside of them. That's it's crazy. But, yeah, yeah. I what? did get. Yeah, they do. They give us. They tend to give us new stuff every season. Yeah. Um. I I was actually somebody from up high. Actually, told Brad, our great well, equipment guy, to give me like someone a half someone dozen. someone up high, <laughs> like someone who might own the team, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm on camera a relatively lot. frequently uh-huh. and um. I was wearing shirts from two or three seasons ago. Mm-hmm. I like some of them. That's yeah. why. No, I like I, they wanted me to be on camera with new stuff. Right. So I I understand all that, that happens. I understand that. I let me just say this. I have shirts from every logo that we've ever had. Okay. <laughs> well, we've only had two. Well, no, because we've changed this one. This that's true. That this the, the flag with, has been the, changed. Yeah. 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 That has been changed. Yeah. yeah that's with, true. with the outline. Yeah, it's a lot sharper. Uh huh. And I'm. It's funny because the marketing people, which is their job, if you wear an older shirt, they'll go, hey, that's the wrong logo. And I go, it's not the wrong logo. It's this it's year's. the same as it, wearing yeah, a throwback of yeah. Bucko Bruce. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So good question, Mark. Excellent. Um, this is the first of two questions from a fan of ours in, or a fan of the Bucks in uh, in Germany that we've heard from before. Oh, okay. Stefan. Hey, Salty Dogs. No questions this time. Just want to share some thoughts. First of all, nice game on Monday night. For me, it was Tuesday morning. But the game was worth worth to stay up till 2 a.m. and watch. Second, the media and experts can disrespect us as much as they want. The truth is still lying on the field. Right phrase, hopefully. I think he means, does, he, does that translate well in English? That's fine. Yeah, no, that works. And I love the team for that. They love the underdog role. I think it is kind of a fuel for them. So let's go on to the next one and beat the Lions. Obviously, this is another one that sure. came in. Uh 27 to 21 boot would be a nice score. That's not that, far off. And third, most important, keep up the good work. Thank you. Always a pleasure listening to both of you. Hopefully next time we will listen to the sweet dogs again. Oh, the sweet dogs. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, until next time, go Bucks. Greetings, Stefan. And then he said, it was very funny when Jeff talked about Levante's great tackle for loss. I was immediately thinking about the play near the Eagles end zone, which made the safety later possible. But you needed just a little bit longer to figure out the right play. <laughs> Good podcasting. Okay. At least he knew what I was talking about. This is another one. Well, he knew right away. Wow. You had it wrong, and I couldn't think of it. Right. But that's 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 a, that's a credit to our listeners that they, I know. they understand that they help us get through it. Thank All you. right. This is from Sam in Nashville, and it's also from before we went. All right. Um, there's still going to be some from after the game. Uh, thanks for oh. Uh, Okay, the question was about who. Okay, so he asked us last week the question about um. Uh, uh, just blanked about how who's uh, who's you're tell, wait 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 and you're telling me about a senior moment. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, who's played in the most games? Did did uh, some of our guys have a chance to uh, most playoff games for us? Remember uh, well, we answered oh, that last week. Yeah, we we're. He yeah. said, "Thanks for answering the question. There are a lot of injuries I forgot about with the playoffs, like." Uh, you know, uh, never mind. Yeah. <sighs> also, no worries about stealing. Then I said about the the key to beating the push tush push. The best right. strategy is yeah. to have beat a van on yeah. the team. And then I admitted that I stole that joke from, from the, him. From, uh-huh. 
Um, he said, uh, no, no worries about stealing the joke about Vita Vea. I actually first saw that line from Kay Adams on X, so it wasn't an original thought of mine either. Save travels to Detroit. Oh, nice. See, everybody's being so, you know, loving and caring and giving everybody props that they're they're stealing stuff. I like it. All right. This is from Stefan again, and it's right. after the game. Oh. Um, the game is over, and so are the playoffs. For my surprise, I was disappointed and sad for a very short time. Huh. Now I'm just proud of the team and the staff. With 80 million dead cap, and he goes, Scott, most dead cap of all teams in this season? And the answer is yes. Yeah. A new offensive scheme with a new OC and lots of rookies playing. Win the division again and then get to the divisional round and keep the away game close most of the time. That is my definition of a successful season. You would agree? I would. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it in front of a coach or a player. But yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Um, next season will be even better if we can keep Dave Canales, Baker, Mike, Anton Levante, and others, plus a good draft class. As usual, no pressure for Mr. Light and Company, winky emoji. Keep up the good work. And then he has written in German and then translated best regards. And Vail Grube, maybe? I don't know. Uh, from Stefan in Berlin, Germany. Oh. Thanks, Stefan. Appreciate it. Yes. Um, okay. This is from Alexander in Brazil. We're just oh, we're wow. traveling around the we, world. We cannot end without. This is a rather long one. Oh, because uh, he has like eight points. Wow. Ahoy, salty ones, and and Chris Simpson. All right. In retribution for his shout out last week, but I'm not sure about. Oh, his last is it name. Chris Sims? I don't know. Hope this finds you both well. What a season! It felt really good after almost breaking our hearts with that. St- oh, I know, I know. Remember, somebody else. Sent an email and it said it was saying hi to um, Jeff and Scott and Alexander in Brazil. Oh, right. So right. the other guy, so he's uh, giving a shout out back. Okay. Oh, very well done. Okay. Hope this finds you both well. What a season. It felt really good after almost breaking our hearts with that slide. I guess he means the one and six. Mm-hmm. But we st- still, we are still NFC South champions, still having the longest active streak of playoff appearances in the NFC, still have a good defense and found us a good offense. Yep. I need to take points well taken all the way across the board. I have not been able to disagree yet. As Mr. Smith used to do, I have a list of things I'd like to hit in this email, and I don't want to make it too long. I'm not sure you succeeded on that last part. (laughs) Sorry about last week's email. I wrote it right after the game, and I was not thinking clearly. Wrote period instead of quarter, and that nine points thing was just nonsense. That's what he said. (laughs) I'm number two. I'm loving that you have a different way of welcoming welcoming us to new episodes. Okay. okay? Number three. I don't think Jeff likes that. To be honest with you. No, I do. I it's just, number three. I'm also loving the episode names. I, I laugh out loud with last week's name. I'm not the one who names them. What was that? What was? I don't know. We don't. We I just we don't name them. Do we? I don't I, name them. Well, I send you. You send me the blurb. I send you a blurb, the blurb but they tend and to come up with And then I send different. it to them, and then they read the blurb, and then they come up with a name. A different name. Yeah. They. Yeah. I'm not sure. You know, it's kind of like apparently they're doing a good job of it. It's kind of like the editor of a newspaper or whatever. Not the editor, oh. but the guy who writes the headlines is not the writer. Uh, the title was Bucks Show No Brotherly Love Advanced oh. to Divisional Round. Well, that's well done. That's good. I like okay. that. Okay. Um, four, we're still waiting for Salty Dogs merchandising. <laughs> Five, waiting for the Salty Dogs Tampa 2 episode. Six, I'll try hard to buy tickets for the NFL game here. But as for now, we don't have much of an idea when and how it'll start. Oh, they'll give you a lot of, if it's like the Germany game, uh-huh. they sent out 
uh, a link mm-hmm. well in advance. Right. And they, they send out emails. You'll be you'll be informed of a way to buy tickets well in advance. Yeah. And then it'll say. Now, I think it'll be kind of a lottery. Yeah, it is. And then they say, go. And then you go, All right, already sold out. <laughs> um, seven. I want Mike Winfield, David, and Baker back. Is that too much to ask? No. I don't think so. I don't think that's. I think that can be done. I think it is too. You know, another guy we keep not, we haven't been talking about when we're including all the guys Winfield we need to resign. No, he just said that. Oh, right. Chase McLaughlin. Right. He, he was on He's a one year deal. deal. I always forget that. Yeah. How can you not want to bring him back? Right. Okay. Um, Gosh, all these guys are one year deals. Well, we, there was a reason ending. for that. Yes, I understand. Eight. About the symmetry between Baker Makefield and Jordan Love, Mr. Smith brought earlier, it is impressive how much love, winky emoji, the media show for the Packers QB and how little credit they give to Mayfield. And it happens here too. Yesterday I saw a video from an ESPN Brazil guy saying that the Packers fell but played like a true contender and blah, blah, blah. But we lost and should be grateful for not losing last week and expect the same future as the Giants had this year. Ouch. Wow. What, he says. And by the way, both of them had a chance to make a game-winning drive with less than two minutes, and they both threw an INT, which is true. It's true, yes. Since you did, thanks for reading. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. That's right. Love did throw that. Their numbers are very similar. It's very, very true. Very so, right? Mm. And they both did that. They both Draft. won a game in the first round that maybe a lot of people didn't think they would. Mm. Both were phenomenal in those games. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's not getting the love. Maybe two years. Yeah. Maybe two great years. And well, that's, that's just it. Well, you know, he, uh, he's so up and down. So you, the, know, you never know who you're going to get. Well, the, you know, and, and the guy that he's referring to that he heard comparing bake, comparing us this year to next year to the Giants this year, oh, because the Giants yeah. probably were perceived as playing over their heads. Yep. They weren't expected to be good in 2022. And they were. And, and then they also gave a huge contract to their quarterback. quarterback that a lot of people don't think is very good. Right. And then he wasn't good. And then they weren't good. And then. So that's, a, that's not a good comparison for us. We don't want that. No, no, but I guess that's what he was comparing. Yeah. Like no, he, he's complaining. Yeah. Alexander's well, complaining. About Alexander should be. Complaining. We don't need that guy. No. I don't, that doesn't work to me. What is that guy? I think know? Baker's better than um, Daniel Jones. Yes. And I think our overall roster talent is better is than better what than they the had. I, I, now I, they'll I, work on it and try to get it better. But sure. Okay, this is from Kent in Riverview. Oh, um, local guy. Arg, what a season! Exclamation point. I like Jeff. Hope for a ten-win regular season. I even bet a coworker and fell short. Oh, my bets are not big, but I was still salty paying for the Jersey Mike sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> On to the game. It wasn't the outcome we wanted, but Scott, remind me again who has three TDs and three hundred passing yards in a game for the Bucks. Pause for the answer. Uh, it's Baker Mayfield, and he's uh, now done it twice, uh, and he's the only one. And and then resuming the email, not once but twice. That's right, Boomer Sooner, Boomer <laughs> oh, Sooner, Boomer Sooner. I, I'm a Sooner fan. I don't know if I've said that on this podcast. You before. were born in Norman, Oklahoma. Right. I've always been a Sooner fan. Didn't know it. I don't think I've told Baker that. Well, maybe you should. I don't need to. Uh, he doesn't care. I it's mean, a I nice, always care if it's I a nice uh, break in the ice uh, conversation. I think our ice has been broken. Okay. Now that the season's over, what goes on at one buck place in the weeks that follow? Oh. I'll answer that after I finish the email. Yeah, Thanks for another great season. You guys are awesome. Appreciate it, Kent. Yep. One final thing. We want merch. We want merch. <laughs> I'm getting to the point where we might have to seriously consider. Well, we'll have to talk to the chief marketing guy. Yeah. Um, a limited run. Very, very limited. 12. Would you have somebody do like silhouettes of us or would you use the, the logo with the microphone that looks like Oh, a that's a tough one. 
That's a very that's a tough one. Or or like a salt shaker. Oh, or a ship. Oh, oh or no. guys on a look ship. at all these look at all these ideas. Okay, now that the season's over, I tell you what I want to do mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks is just kind of decompress. Yes. Not gonna be able to complete. There's things to do. Uh yeah, it's all the stuff I hate doing. Like today, for instance, uh, there's little things that come along. Like every year, right at the end of the season, all your practice squad contracts expire immediately uh-huh. the next day. And so right. those guys are free agents. And if you want them back, you, you sign them to reserve That's future what they were contracts. doing in the dining room yesterday. Yeah. Oh, did you see a bunch of players? I saw, yeah. And I was trying to figure out what was going they on. They finished it up today and okay. we announced that we, we brought back 14 of the 16 uh, that were on the practice squad at the end of the season. And a lot of those guys were on the practice squad the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I had to write a story about that and make some changes in the website roster. Yeah. And um, so things like that come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you have changes to the coaching staff that you right. have to, they have to do, and we have to write about. Um, hopefully, before too long, back there in Jason Light's area, they're, they're, they're working with agents trying to get some of yeah, these guys resigned. New. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the All Star games, college All Star games are about to start. Our scouts are going to go to all those. Uh, so you start preparing, well, not start preparing for the draft cause you already done that, but you continue preparing for the draft that becomes bigger and bigger. Um, you have fun stuff to do, uh, the combine in late February, mm-hmm. uh, which is an important event. gets a lot of coverage preparing for free agency, uh, just trying to come up with content for the website Yeah, because during the season, right. You're just stop. trying to keep up with everything sure. that's happening. And then in the off season, there are times during the offseason where you have to be creative to come up with content that fans want at, to read on the website. At least you have all the fun stuff. The, good, the draft provides almost an unending well my of day, content. My, my day today uh, started out with um, putting uh, together a, um Excel sheet on how many units of commercials and uh, had to do a report on all of that. That sounds boring. It is. And then <laughs> I have to uh, finish my budget. That sounds boring. It is. And then I have to start uh, working on negotiations for a broadcast team. That might be all right. That might be fun. Um, what else do I have? Do you redo the contracts every year? Uh, no, the, everybody's contract ended. Wow. We do a couple couple year contracts. Let's so. get those guys back. Yeah, working on it. Um, a lot of paperwork. I'm, I I do a that lot sucks. of paperwork. Yeah, I don't like paperwork. No, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's part of the gig. So, all right, I have three more questions. All right, this is from Damien, um, who's from Sacramento, California. All right, I don't think we've heard from him before. No. Hey, Scott and Jeff. Hey. What a great season. It surpassed the expectations of almost everyone, including me. Ooh. I was pleasantly surprised by both Dave Canales' growth as a first-time offensive coordinator and Baker Mayfield's quality quarterback play. I think most of the media was also surprised by those things. Hopefully, the Panthers and their new GM, Dan Morgan, do not hire Canales away to groom Bryce Young. It would be great to keep Canales and Baker together here for a few more years to allow them to continue to improve in this system. Mm Mm-hmm. My question is, based on Baker's starts, stats, and QB ranking, how much should Baker expect to make on his new contract? In some stats, he's top 10, but other stats, he's closer to 15th. Put another way, how much are comparable quarterbacks making in 2024 on their current contracts? I hope you have guys have great vacations planned for your offseason. Mm. And this is Damien from Sacramento, California, who says he's a Bucks fan since 1976. Oh, great. Probably the, the most direct comparison is Geno Smith. Gene, yeah. Because he's another guy 
who kind of rebounded um, from in Gino's case, he just hadn't been playing a lot. Yeah. And then he had it turned in a really quality season and had to be resigned. And he got about three years, 25 million per a year, per year yeah. um, with incentives that could take it closer to 35 per year. Yeah. I don't know if he hit him or not. Um, if you go on spot track and you look at their little link for his, Baker's market value, AAV average annual average out uh, average annual value, you know what he's yeah. It, I think they have him around twenty five million. I tried thinking. Um, you know that's about what they gave Jimmy Garoppolo. The Raiders did. Yeah. Um, you also have to consider the fact that they will probably try to structure a contract in a way that pushes off some of the cap hit. So it could be the um, you know maybe the average annual value is I don't know. I'll just throw out a number twenty five million. And I and first of all, this question is how much should he expect to get? I have no uh, idea yeah. what Baker's expecting. Well, that. That's the other thing is how do you how does he determine is that one of those deals and this is just me talking is it one of those hey we're you know we don't really know why don't you go find out what's out there and mm. then we'll match it you know I don't want that to happen either but a lot of times that's what has to happen because are are you bidding against yourself I, I think that's the question I wouldn't put yeah but I mean you 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 can look at things you can look at comparable. Uh-huh. You can talk to the agent. They they probably have ideas. They have sure. numbers. You can compare Baker's situation and to other quarterbacks and what their contract numbers were. And I know that that can happen. You're bidding against yourself uh-huh. and you end up spending too much. But I also think you can get it done what? in and, a reasonable way. And it's also, what is plan B? Well, yeah. I mean, one of them would be Kyle Trask. Since right. he was in the running for the job and he's got one more year in his contract. Uh, Baker... I mean, I'm not putting words in his mouth. This no. is just conjecture. Yeah. If Baker could get, I'm just making up numbers, mm-hmm. $25 million a year for three years here. Yeah. Or $27 million for three years per year. And what's another team that needs a quarterback? Carolina. No, oh. they're going to stick with Bryce Young. The Raiders. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Is is it? Do you like twenty five million and staying here, or do you like twenty seven or twenty eight million and going there? Right. I don't know, and I'm, yeah. I'm never going to be in that position, so I won't know. No, it's it, it's an interesting. Sometimes thought, sometimes it's better to deal with the devil you know than the devil you don't. So, yeah. um, okay, so you know, we'll see. Maybe twenty five million. Okay, let's, let's just say this. Either way, he's getting a nice payday, and uh, deservedly so. Ooh, yes. Okay, this is from Philip Schwadron in California, okay. um, and it's, his email is entitled Closing Night. Ooh. In case this is the combo podcast we've been waiting for, it's not. Dear Scott, Jeff, Casey, and Brianna. Nope. Nope. <laughs> we'll let you know when that's going to happen. The Bucks have absolutely no reason to hang their heads. Congrats to a heck of an impressive season. No questions about free agency and no venting about the Lions loss. Instead, I want to focus on my five favorite moments of the 2023 season. All right. One, Mike Evans' catch in that Lions game was one of his greatest. That's one you were talking about. Yep, I agree. Two, Ali Marpet back in the building with Casey. Yes, that that has played very well. Three, stopping Jalen Hurts on the tush push. That was the best. Four, Winfield making first team all pro. As Scott Smith predicted in the preseason. <laughs> in June. Yeah. And five, Baker mic'd up, get your weight up, son. Yes, he that said, was Minnesota game. Yeah, I, he, Phillip says I was sold on him at that moment. Mm-hmm. I think the team got sold on him. Yeah, if they weren't already, that game solidified it. Thanks, S Dogs and Tampa too. We'll pass that along for you, mm-hmm. Phil. 
for all you did this year. You kept us thoroughly entertained. Good. I appreciate that. And then there's a PS that looks to be a quote from Henry V, Shakespeare oh, play. All right. Because remember he said he used... Uh, oh, yeah. He taught theater. Theater. He, high yeah, school theater? Something like that. Yeah. What does he say? Or, or directed To be or not to be? No, that's the wrong one. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. What's it from? Henry V. I assume that's how you... It's Henry V. Oh. That would be called. Yeah. You, Is that a play? Saying, yeah, it's a Shakespeare play. Oh. Pretty sure. Romeo and Juliet. That's what I was thinking. Othello. Yeah. Okay. Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to make sure that that's a. It, say, you want to Google that real quick so everybody's I'm, not I'm like 95% sure. Yelling at us for yelling. not knowing our Shakespeare. Hamlet, of course. King mm -hmm. Lear. Mm -hmm. The Tempest. Yeah. The Taming of the Shrew. And the Merchant of Venice, you might have said that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a Henry 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 V. V. Okay. I like that. Well done. Yeah, much ado about nothing. Was that our was that our last question? No, one more. Okay. You should have saved that because that would have been a great a nice way, way to go out. Yeah. And with a Shakespearean quote. Well, we got one more from Daniel DeMaria. Mm-hmm. Palm Arbor guy. Oh yeah. Ahoy, Salty Dogs. What a great season we had. We definitely did better than everyone thought we would do. Yep. Four straight playoff appearances and three straight NFC South titles is nothing to be ashamed of. We went through so much adversity. My question for you guys is, who do you want to win the Super Bowl? Uh, we already talked about No, that. we didn't say who oh, we want. Oh, we want. Oh, well, it depends on who's in it. Well, who do you want? An NFC team, period. I would probably root for the Lions. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, they've never won. They're the only one left that hasn't won one. I always go with the NFC team, always. Lions Bills would have been great, but it is not to be. Nope. To be or not to be, that is not to be. That um, was the question. <laughs> uh, I want anyone but the Chiefs because I don't want a million looks at Taylor Swift during the game. Uh, okay, okay. Time out. Bother me at all. T time out. Time out on this. Okay. Time out. Time out. Jeff is calling a timeout. He's actually doing the T signal. I am. I am so over everyone upset that Taylor Swift is at a football game. She's not the one saying put the camera on me. She's going to support her boyfriend. If that's what he is. If that's what he is. I think he is because he gave a little heart sign when he uh, when I he don't. Scored it does, none of it bothers me. Now, now when his brother was in the box without a shirt on. <laughs> Everyone thought, and he was pounding beers. Everyone thought that was great. Oh, isn't that great? It's yeah. What's the difference? There isn't. There isn't one no. exactly, and it's just part of the festivities of trying to bring you what's going on at the stadium. So for everyone who's hating on that, this is a little less than hate. He just said he didn't want them. I know, but it's not her fault. It is the network who is doing it. Yeah. Well, it's her fault for being so famous. Oh, well, yeah, for being so talented, for yes. goodness sakes. That's why she's so famous. Yeah. So. Yeah, that one doesn't bother me. No, it doesn't bother me at all. Thanks for a great season of the show, and I look forward to many more episodes to come in the future. Sincerely, Daniel DeMaria from Palm Harbor, Florida. Well, and that appreciate that. Danielle our, or Daniel? Dan did I say Danielle? I believe you did. Oops. Sorry about that. Daniel. Not Daniel. <laughs> Daniel Hunter. <laughs> That's how you pronounce his name. Is Daniel. it? It's spelled exactly like Danielle, but uh -huh. he pronounces it Daniel. Daniel. Okay. But this is Daniel. Daniel. Danny. Or Dan. Danny boy. Danny. <laughs> Dee. You beat me too. Dee. Dee. <laughs> Danny D. <laughs> the big D. <laughs> All right. So you, I'll read the um, Phil Schwadron thing again because you said that would be a great way to close it from yeah. Henry V. Yes. 
We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his... Dang it. I'm glad this was rehearsal, not opening night. Try it again. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. I don't know if I want to say since you did that for this. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> Should we just let it go? Uh-huh. All right. See you guys. Talk to everybody next month. Yep. <laughs>